The VPM Daily Newscast is sponsored by Kanawa Capital Management. Your financial life is unique, complex, and dynamic. Kanawa Capital Management's team of credentialed professionals has been helping its clients build wealth and confidence through personalized planning and informed investing since 1989. Learn more at cancap.com. That's K-A-N-C-A-P.com. You're listening to the VPM Daily Newscast, the recap of today's top stories in Central Virginia. From the VPM Newsroom in Richmond, I'm Benjamin Dolly. Governor Glenn Youngkin has chosen a staffer from the Conservative Heritage Foundation to lead the state's diversity efforts. As Ben Pavier reports, the Republican says his pick will focus on economic opportunity and free speech. Former Governor Ralph Northam created the position of Chief Diversity Officer, the first cabinet-level diversity official in the country. His pick, Janice Underwood, drafted plans to diversify the state's workforce and publicly tracked racial disparities. That work has disappeared from the governor's website. This is not about politics, and it breaks my heart that this work is put in the bucket of politics and, unfortunately, things like critical race theory. Youngkin's pick, Angela Saylor, worked under former President George W. Bush and has written articles calling K-12 equity programs, quote, vile. Youngkin says her mandates will include expanding economic opportunities for people with disabilities and promoting intellectual diversity in higher education. Ben Pavier, VPM News. Several Hampton Road cities are asking the General Assembly to allow state funding to care for historic black cemeteries. These places are marked by decades of neglect. Paul Bebo from partner station WHRO reports. Virginia law says funding can go to care for some historic black cemeteries at $5 per grave. But Pleasant Shade Cemetery in Hampton doesn't qualify because it's not owned by the city. We had to um, really do a lot of begging. We had to try to get money to get proper equipment. That's Artistine Lang. She and her husband, Reverend Darnell Lang, have organized volunteer efforts to maintain the cemetery. Pleasant Shade was the main cemetery for black people across the peninsula for decades. The first black female mayor of Newport News is buried there. Without funding, Reverend Lang says volunteer efforts won't be enough. You know, you, you know we, are, we are working and we are trying, and hopefully things will change, but as it stands right now, it looks kind of bleak, I must admit. Hampton, Newport News, and other localities are asking the state to loosen restrictions on the funds to maintain Pleasant Shade and other cemeteries like it. That was Paul Bebo reporting. Employees at Virginia Commonwealth University are no longer required to be vaccinated or report their vaccination status to the university. VCU officials said the decision came in response to Governor Glenn Youngkin's recently issued executive orders and directives regarding COVID-19. Daily health screenings and COVID-19 surveillance testing will also no longer be required for employees, though they will be available for free to those who want them. Masks will continue to be required indoors throughout the university and inside health system facilities. Citing low numbers of average daily patients, the pediatric units at Henrico Doctors Hospital will be closing April 1st. The unit has been in service for 26 years, according to NBC12. HCA Virginia officials say the hospital will still provide emergency care for children, but it'll do so through the regular emergency room. Patients that need to be admitted to a pediatric unit will be transferred to another location. The staff will also work with families to identify a transition plan. Though Lost Cause monuments have been taken down across Richmond, 
Remnants of the city's glorification of the Confederacy still remain. Meg Schifres has more. Virginia has the longest-running historical marker program in the country, with more than 2,500 roadside markers spread throughout the Commonwealth. In Richmond, seven of these historic markers celebrate people, victories, and institutions with ties to the Confederacy. Community activist Lawrence West says these remaining nods to the Confederacy are harmful and unnecessary. It belongs in history because it is a part of uh, American history, but it's not needed to be in public spaces. The State Department of Historic Resources oversees the Historical Markers Program. Julie Langan is the department's director. The Commonwealth is the one who makes that decision. Langan suggests that community members who take issue to existing markers apply for their own signage to be erected. Meg Schifres, VPM News. Charlottesville once again has a new interim city manager. Michael Rogers was selected by city council this week. He'll be the sixth person to fill the role since 2018. The previous appointee, Mark Woolley, resigned one day before he was due to start late last year. Rogers is a consultant with the minority-owned Robert Bob Group. He previously served in administrative roles for both the cities of Washington, D.C. and Petersburg. He'll begin working in Charlottesville on January 31st. During this year's General Assembly session, VPM is taking a deeper look at political issues in a new series we're calling Capital in Focus. Today, we're talking about the legislative priorities of Virginia's new Attorney General. Republican Jason Miaris says some Commonwealth's attorneys aren't doing their job prosecuting crimes. He's backing legislation that would allow his office to try some criminal cases if local prosecutors won't. VPM News' legal and criminal justice reporter Whitney Evans spoke about Miaris' legislative agenda with our newscast editor, Sarah McCluskey. Whitney, you've been doing a lot of reporting on how newly elected Attorney General Jason Miaris plans to run his office and represent the state. Before we get into this issue, what should we know about Miaris to help us understand what's at the heart of this legislation? Jason Miaris is a former criminal prosecutor in Virginia Beach and a member of the House of Delegates. He talks a lot about how successful he was as a criminal prosecutor. He handled more than 600 cases and had a 90% conviction rate. He's really proud of being sort of tough on crime and talks about putting victims before criminals. He's opposed to many of the progressive criminal justice reforms that Democrats passed over the last two years. So he's not very happy with these policies that involve things like reducing jail and prison sentences and that that generally focus more on rehabilitation than punishment. He accuses some Commonwealth's attorneys of not enforcing the law. He says the far-left prosecutors, especially in Northern Virginia, are either declining to prosecute some crimes or arbitrarily reducing the sentences of violent criminals. So what is his plan? How does he want to deal with this issue? Miars is asking the General Assembly to pass a bill that would provide a way for sheriffs and police chiefs who are frustrated to reach out to the attorney general and say, hey, we made this arrest or we've been investigating this case and the local prosecutor isn't doing anything about it. Can you step in and make sure the law's enforced? Right now, the attorney general can only get involved if the Commonwealth's attorney requests his or her help. So this would be a big shift for the attorney general's office. Yeah, it would be. Uh, The attorney general's work consists mostly of dealing with civil cases, not criminal. But Miaris is dedicated to carving out his image as an antidote to progressive justice reforms that he says are making the state less safe. However, it's important to note that the nation saw an overall reduction in crime in 2020 compared to 2019. And in Virginia, overall crime is down. 
What kind of pushback are you expecting from criminal justice reform advocates? As you can imagine, there's some criticism that Miaris is overstepping his bounds here, that he's trying to recapture the crime crackdowns of the 80s and 90s that, you know, most experts say uh, were an abject failure and that these, quote, progressive prosecutors are actually making communities safer and making the justice system more fair, especially to people of color and others who've historically been given unequal treatment. What's the status of this legislation now, and what do you expect to happen this year with a General Assembly that's politically split? The Senate bill was introduced by Senator Ryan McDougal. It's in the Committee on General Laws and Technology. The Senate is still in Democratic control, so it's unlikely to pass that chamber unless a Democrat decides to break ranks. Republicans have a narrow majority in the House where someone else is expected to carry the same bill. A spokesperson for Republican House Speaker Todd Gilbert said the bill will probably have a receptive audience there because there's a general sense that there are, quote, places in the Commonwealth where justice is not being served. Well, that's about all the time we have, Whitney. Thanks for joining and sharing your insights today. Thank you. That was VPM News reporter Whitney Evans speaking with newscast editor Sarah McCluskey about the legislative priorities for Attorney General Jason Miares. This has been the VPM Daily Newscast. Some of these stories may have changed since the newscast was recorded. You can stay connected to what matters by heading to vpm.org news or follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at MyVPM. VPM. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR.